Welcome everybody to Too Legit to Crit, a tabletop role-playing podcast hosted by two guys who are so dumb, feeble mind would make us smarter. It's true. Absolutely true. It is true. It is. Mm. It is very true. Have you ever used that spell on anyone? No. I don't play spellcasters very often. (laughs) Yeah, but you're a GM. You get to play all the spellcasters. True, 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 but... I haven't really got to the point in any campaign that I've GM'd where I've got to spellcaster, like, bad guys, if that makes sense. Like, normally because of, like, players not being able to make it anymore or, like, friendships breaking down, etc. I don't get past, like, the first three sessions. <laughs> That's depressing. It is. It's very depressing. But anyway, my name is John Santana. I am still Justin. You are still Justin, yep. still depressed, sad yep. Justin. Yep, 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 yep. Right. yep. Mm-hmm. So hopefully <laughs> this new campaign, that will kind of change and you'll be able to get a good hopefully five sessions out of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing for four. Let's not push the boat out, all right? Yeah, come on, I've, I've got faith in you. We can do five. That's why I've only written three sessions worth of material. <laughs> See, that's your problem. You write material. <laughs> Get a vague Ugh. idea and just let's see what happens with the rest of it. <laughs> so how have you been this week? Yeah, not too bad, man. Um, spent a lot of uh, a lot of the week kind of wrapping up at work because I've got this whole week off because uh, it's my birthday. No, oh, many happy returns. Yay. Um, and yeah, this week I'm just, just going to be relaxing. I'm doing a lot of streaming over on my Twitch. So you lovely folk out there can come and check me out. Um, I play lots of video games and I have like trivia stuff that I do with my viewers. Um, and one of the questions that came up on my list of questions that I asked from was actually D and D related, which was quite funny. Um, it was a question about, uh, which video game got its name because the creator misheard a D and D spell. Um, basically the creator misheard the name for magic missile. And that's how the game missile command was named. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, true story. He misheard the name uh, for Magic Missile and then created a video game and named it what he thought Magic Missile was. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, they've both got the word missile in them, but Missile Command, I I don't see the relationship between that and the tabletop role-playing staple. Um, I mean, I think it might might have been a translation thing, because um, it might be that like magic and command are very similar in whatever language the the guy speaks. Because when I was looking up the fact, um, he he's not a native English speaker. Right. I don't know what language he speaks because I'm I didn't look that far into look it. At that now, um, I think I've still got the questions up on on one of my many tabs. I do. Uh, where, where, what, where is it? I'm just having a look now. Missile Command. Mm. The most frustrating game ever. Yeah, so, uh, what classic video game was named because the creator misheard Magic Missile as a D&D spell? And, yeah, Missile Command. So he misheard Magic Missile and got some Missile Command. So a little, little fun fact for everybody out there. <laughs> well, see, we have learned something today. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, I, need, I definitely need to look into this. I want to yeah. know. It was designed by Dave Thurer. Yeah. Who also so. designed um, Tempest. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself? What have you been up to, good sir? Well, I have been uh, doing quite a lot of prep. Um, mm-hmm. A new project kind of surfaced last week. And it's only now that it's it's kind of seen the light so I can actually talk about it. Mm. But I am going to be running um, Kingmaker. Okay. In a paid campaign. Interesting. So the the game store that we go to, which is Gamers Nexus in Hadley, mm-hmm. um, he is wanting to run a classic D&D, I say classic D&D, classic 5e um campaign as well as a classic pathfinder campaign okay so it is going to be kingmaker which is going to be the uh, pathfinder second edition version mm-hmm. and on the D side i think it's going to be descent into avernus okay and you know i think it's going to be 10 pounds a session and that's just going to be running once a month for the foreseeable future sounds pretty good so i am going to be running kingmaker as well as that i ran um two lodge sessions on consecutive saturdays bit of pathfinder society scenario stuff mm-hmm. and as well as keeping up with my um homebrew and my abomination vaults run mm. homebrew got really interesting yesterday oh. oh yeah they kind of i kind of revealed what the the let's just say the the problem is in this town that they're visiting this idyllic town where everything seems to be mm-hmm. almost too good to be true. all hunky dory yeah all hunky dory um they had discovered that um over the course of about 8 years um entire families have di- died in yearly intervals and they'd kind of started putting the pieces together that perhaps, you know, this was something sacrificial, etc. And there was also um, rumours within the sort of um, kid community of this town of a clown that takes kids away. Mm. So they kind of discovered that the clown was in fact um, an old actual clown that had retired there. But after a certain ritual, his son had fallen ill and and stepped into a sort of timeless coma. And without going too dark, because I kind of went pretty dark with it, um, he would don this clown costume as a way to stop these, you know, all the sacrifices, especially the kids in that scenario being afraid Mm. because he didn't have another choice yeah he couldn't stop what was going on he couldn't you know help just powerless he was powerless Mm. so he did what was in his power to do and Mm. that was to 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 stop them being afraid and to stop their suffering Mm. so they kind of discovered that and then they discovered what was actually at the core and I've gone out and brought the big guns, and it is actually a manifestation of Yog Sagoth, which is a very, very 
Um, it's a big boy. It is a big boy. Yes. Mm, big, um, big boy stuff. A little bit of trivia for you. Although it is called Cthulian Horror, Yog Sagoth is actually the big bad. Yes, well, in for, Lovecraft's for for those of you that uh, play World of Warcraft or Hearthstone, you would already know that because Yogg-Saron is uh, their version of the same thing. Oh, interesting! So yeah, there you go. N- another <laughs> little bit of video game trivia for you there, John. <laughs> so it kind of it does kind of lead into the question that we had like either last week or the week before about changing the law of a yeah. game. Yog Sagoth actually exists in Pathfinder lore, but I read it and just went, nah, no. <laughs> does not do it justice. It mm. does not incite enough fear. It does not incite enough helplessness. Dread. Yeah. So I went to another source. <laughs> and I'm not going to kind of go into it because that side of things has not been revealed. Mm. But it will be next week, and nice. I can I, I look forward to wait. hearing about it. Yeah, I will tell you all about it. So, um, another thing. Uh, do you remember that whole thing that we had about, you know, Kickstarters and et cetera, et cetera? What did you buy? Um, I went and bought the Magnus Archives. <laughs> oh the new, God. The new game that's coming out from um from monty cook for the cypher system yeah so i do i as always have my unwavering logic as to why i backed this particular item yeah so first of all cypher system love me some of that it's a very good system. <laughs> and also the Magnus Archives is horror. Yes. So there's horror in the cipher so, system. So it's, it's, a, it's a double double check mark for you, really. It is. It? You know, it was, you know, I, I really couldn't resist. <laughs> well, speaking of things that you have spent money on in, yes. in, in recent times, uh, Blades in the Dark, the guys that created that, I don't know if you've seen, they have announced their next project. Intriguing. It looks really cool. It's called Deathmatch Island. <laughs> you do like a bit of PvP shit, don't you? I do. And this is like PvP at its best because this is literally um the, the game happens in, in two phases, right? So it, it's a game show, like a bit like a uh, Squid Game or or anything like that, right? Where it's last one to survive wins, basically. Right. Um as as most deathmatch scenarios are. Um but the way this game is set is the players take the, take the roles of the contestants. Okay. And the game show itself is spread into two parts. So the first part is them exploring the Island that they're on, um, forming bonds with other players, making some alliances, some allegiances, etc., etc., And then the battle Royale starts. <laughs> Um, and I do love about Royale. <laughs> um, which I'm, yeah, it, 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 it looks really cool. Um, they're dropping, uh, they're starting their backer kit campaign on October 17th. I am looking at it now. Apparently it is, um, 
based on the Paragon system? Yes. That's new to me. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, delightfully dramatic uh, mythical Greek adventure, Aegon. Aegon's system, which allows players to declare what happens after they see how well they rolled, using their characters' epic titles as an entertaining springboard for tests. Okay, the freely available SRD. Mm. Which is kind of strange that, you know, um, that they're not using the same system as Blades in the Dark. Because that, that also has its own sort of SRD. Mm. I think it could possibly just be because of the, like, the way that a deathmatch has to go down, right? Mm. It might not work with that system. Because they've also released like a, a mock-up of the character sheet um as well and it looks pretty cool so like it's got set weapons that you'll find on the island and stuff like that um and then obviously the 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 main thing comes for when you when you're building out the game is building that island and the challenges that they'll face and stuff like that um and you get to put them up against like social games or like stuff like that where they have to work together and then the very next challenge could be something where they have to work against the people they just worked with. Are you getting you can even there's even a followers mechanic. Mm. So if you have a look on the left, you've got your name, your occupation. Underneath you've got nickname after the first forty four hundred thousand followers. Yeah. So you must have to like become an influencer, so to speak. Yeah, so it, it it also channels sort of like the the Hunger Game vibes, where because it's a it's a game show, right? So there's people watching it. It's not just happening for the sake of. Um, <laughs> so it, it's got that whole Hunger Game thing of like you have to like play up to the crowd and stuff like that as well. That's really interesting. It looks so cool. I, I it, it's yeah. It's definitely on on my radar and will be investigated a shit ton more in the coming weeks. <laughs> All right, that does yeah, that I'm yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> we can add that one to the watch list. Yep. I think if you haven't yep, already yep, yep. done. I I have done. It it is there. Cool. Um yeah, so that that was that was quite exciting. Uh another exciting thing for me more so than yourself is we've got more um Playtest stuff, yeah. Um, for 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 D and D. Sorry, Tom. I'm going to try to sound a bit more enthusiastic. <laughs> what? Um, so what? some playtest. <laughs> so the the new stuff came out, um, and they've got a lot more. They, they've done some revisions to stuff that unanimously people just went no, um, which is good because it means that they're actually listening to what people are saying on this playtest data which is nice. Um, For example, they changed sneak attacks so that it was once per round as opposed to once per turn. Um, Well, it wasn't even that. They changed it to like, it could only be done when you take the attack action on your turn. So you couldn't like um, attack of opportunity, sneak attack, dice and stuff like that, right? Which kind of really hurts the flavor of what a rogue is. Um, So they've reversed that. So you can now get sneak attack once per turn which is good. Um, but once per turn, wouldn't that negate being able to do it on an attack of opportunity? No, because you uh, that's a reaction on their turn. Right, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's one, once per turn, 
which is nice. Um, they've made a change to uh, weapon mastery feats, which I'm a little bit unsure of. So to get any weapon mastery feat, so like Polar Master or Crossbow Expert or anything like that, you first have to have the a weapon mastery from your class. Okay. Which I'm not sure about. Because that's basically going to force anybody to have to take at least a couple levels of fighter, because that's where you get it the quickest, in order to unlock all of those feats. Because mm. you, you're basically locking a whole host of feats behind fire, a fighter multiclass. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about that because especially like something like crossbow expert, because that's been like a staple of so many crossbow builds, um, just because of how powerful it is. Um, that I, yeah, it, it's, it's essentially forcing that fighter dip or more people to play fire when it's already kind of the most used yeah, like class. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Other than that, though, there's a lot of really good changes. I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, because that would be very boring content. But there's a lot of good changes. There's some stuff I'm not often too keen on. Um, but it seems that most people aren't too keen on. Um, so that will probably get changed because they're actually listening to people's input, which is weird. <laughs> I mean, it's good that they are listening, but at mm. the same time... You always you always kind of run the risk of they're going to listen to whoever shouts the loudest. Yeah. So I mean, let's let's face it. Ninety percent of the players, ninety percent of that being said, you and I, we're not we're not role play designers. It seems that they're not. um, So it it seems like they're not going by the social media response of things. They're going by people that have actually responded to like the the surveys and questionnaires that they've got, rather than just you know social media going ha, no because that would be a case of the people shouting the loudest. Um, the people that are actually taking the time to to go through it or play actually play test it, um, and because that's the thing, right? We might uh, we might look at that and go, well, that's that's terrible, but then in play test it, it actually works really well, right? Like that wouldn't be a, a an unheard of thing. Um, I mean, all, Pathfinder like, Second Edition is a perfect example of that. Mm. You know, I hated it. Yeah, on paper. Yeah, and looking at it on paper, it wasn't until I actually played it and went exactly. Yeah, holy oh, shit! They're onto yeah. something. You know, they, these changes that they've made are really fucking good. Well, I mean, it, it's even something that we've experienced, right? With with us, like, obviously, it started off as a joke, but then we actually started doing it, developing our own system. Um, when we started looking into it, we were like, oh, that, that would be a really cool concept. And then in practice, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and vice versa. We were like, well, that'd be cool, but I don't think it'll work. And then we try it. And it's like, oh, actually, that works quite well. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we, yeah, that's something I think that just has to come out through design. And, I, and don't get me wrong, it, I, I do think um, player input is, is valuable. Um, mm. I do think it has to be, and I'm sure. Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro are doing this. I think it just has to be somewhat analysed. Yes. Yeah. Don't don't just blindly accept the feedback. Yeah. When they get this feedback, they have to kind of go, right, okay, there's a strong 
Um, there's a strong voice in in favor or against this. Mm. This is what we need to look at. This is kind of a, it's a point of contention, and yeah. then look at it and as designers kind of go, okay, the public have a point or no, they don't, and not yeah. be afraid to kind of go. Now they're wrong on this. Which is, I think, what happened with the Rogue, right, is they they changed the sneak attack, and then as a whole, the the community went, no, that's terrible. They really looked at it and went, actually, yeah, that does kind of kill the flavor of a Rogue, because a Rogue is that opportunistic striker. Like, that's the whole flavor of that class, right? And if you take away their ability to strike you opportunistically, that's a bit like taking swords away from a fighter. Or rage away from a barbarian. It's just stupid. <laughs> I'm surprised that they've limited it to once per turn. To be honest. Uh, well, that's what it is now. That that's the same as what it is in Five E. Yeah, that's still surprising me. Um, Why? That obviously, coming from a different system, um, it it's I find that kind of weird, and it, and it's something that. I'm surprised no one kind of argues against, really. Because, like, in in Pathfinder, it's as long as you're off guard. So if you've if you uh, you got three attacks and someone's off guard for all three of them, sneak attack applies across the board. Yeah. But then I guess the argument is then made, after somebody stabbed you once, you're no longer off guard, right? <laughs> It, 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 it then gets into like all of those sub sort of subtextual arguments of like, okay, but when do, when are they no longer off guard? Well, if they're blind, for example. Well, yeah. You know, but yeah, that, that's just a prime example. So yeah, being blinded, you're attacking with opportunity at that point, and you're you're probably going to crit. So because yeah, we because yeah. we, obviously like. Our attacking with advantage um, is very different to a Pathfinder one because Pathfinder you just get a an additional modifier, right? Whereas in Five uh, E, you're rolling two dice and taking the highest, so you're almost guaranteed to hit at that point. Mm. And that, that's that's the offset. It, mathematically, it's, it only equates to a plus four, so it's not a guarantee. Far from it. With I think with the AC levels and stuff, it 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 almost is. Mm. I don't know. It just kind of seems weird to me, but you know, <laughs> I, I play it works. Other I, it works. I play other things. <laughs> I couldn't really give a shit what they do on the other side of the fence. <laughs> if I'm honest with you. Oh, but yeah. Anywho, so the, what the, else is there? Anything? Something that I'm very excited about. What's that? RuneScape board game and RPG. I had a feeling that you would be definitely <laughs> well, excited I've, about I've, I play a lot of old school RuneScape. I don't like RuneScape 3. I'm, I'm going to make that clear. Um, I, I, I prefer old school RuneScape. I've got nothing against RuneScape 3. I just think it's not, it's not my kind of game. Right? It is a great game. I've watched other people play it. Um, I've got a friend who plays it a lot. Um, and he's, you know, he tells me about stuff that's going on in there. Um, I just prefer old school RuneScape. But Having the RuneScape world coming to a board game and RPG, two things that I love outside of video games, is really cool for me. Um, so it's it's heading to pre-order, and it is all based on the the world of you know in, in RuneScape. It's it's all based in Gilinor, um, which is just awesome, and I can't wait. 
<laughs> so why don't you give me an elevator pitch for RuneScape? Because I have heard of it. So but that's it. <laughs> that is as far as my knowledge I think, goes. I think for me, RuneScape, um, it has a big nostalgia hit for me. So I started playing RuneScape way, way back when I was like, I must have been about 13, 14. Um, and this, this was like when it was like a, um, it, oh, dude, like the original game was so limited in what you could do and stuff like that. It was, it was a browser based online RPG. It was like one of the first MMORPGs that existed, um, way back in the days where gaming was not as popular as it is now. Um, and I started playing it all the way through till they changed the combat system in the game. So it was all point to click. Um, but the world was always rich with like lore and story. I think you'd actually really enjoy the world. Hmm. Um, I've actually converted a few of the quests from RuneScape into 5e like quest lines and stuff. Um, and it, it's a lot of fun. And I spent a lot of time converting one of the raids, like end game raids, into a, a full on dungeon um, for 5e as well, which was pretty cool. Um, but they, they're putting out this game which uses a bespoke 3d6 dice system which I think is also cool because they're not just like using somebody else's hard work they've developed their own thing um, but the board game is the Shadow of Elvarg which is a big lore point in the actual game so Elvarg is the dragon that you fight at the end of Dragon Slayer 1 which is a quest line in the game um, and it is the quest line that unlocks probably the most iconic item in all of RuneScape, which is the rune plate body. It's that blue the, armor. Sorry, that the you rune see. plate what? Rune plate body. A body. I don't. I didn't. I don't know what the fuck I thought. I, heard you say. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you said rune plate Wally. Yeah, rune plate Wally. That's is exactly. That, is it. that actually? Right. <laughs> no, rune plate body. Um, and yeah, so it was. The, the final boss that you fight at the end of that quest line is Elvarg. Um, so it's always been like a, a really big lore point in, in the game. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they're using that as like the, the, the basis for the board game, which I think would be pretty cool. Um, and yeah, the RPG should be pretty good. Right. Should be heading to pre-order later this month. It's part of a licensing deal with Jagex. 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 Who's Jagex? Jagex is the company that make RuneScape, the video game. All right. Okay. They're based in Cambridge. Are they? Yes. When I was living there, my garden, the garden of the house I was living in, like backed onto the, um, like not retail park. It's like a, it's it's called a science park, but it's like all all tech companies. Hmm. Um, but yeah, my garden backed onto the, the, the science park that their head office is in. Um, okay. A lot of them used to drink at the pub at the end of my road, so I, I used to see a few of them down there, and then bitch about the game and how I never got any drops, and they would tell me to piss off because they were drinking. This core book will also be compatible with Five E. Yeah, now they've gone and ruined it though. That makes me happy. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, but you I don't have to, you don't have to play it with Five E. You can just play it with their their own system. So it's compatible with 5e, or you can use their system. So I mean, it's, it's just always been one of those things that I've always heard about, yeah. and I've never, ever even downloaded or tried or anything like that. I mean, 
it's a free game. So you, you, there's a lot of content that you can do in it for free in the MMORPG. Um, although all the good content is locked behind membership, um, which you can, you can pay for within game currency, which is quite nice and very rare these days. Um, so you don't have to even spend real money on it, which is quite nice. Um, obviously you can, but you don't have to. Um, and if you do spend real money on it, all it gives you access to is the extra skills and stuff. It's not like pay to win or anything like that. Um, which is really cool. So So I, I really enjoy it. So obviously you saying you play old school uh, school RuneScape. That's yes. how it was in its previous in, two, in 2007. Iteration. Yes, 2007. So basically 2007 is when they, they made a change to the game uh, called the Evolution of Combat or EOC, as it's known amongst the RuneScape community. Um, and it was one of those changes that the community as a whole or, or a, good, a good percentage of the community went, no, this isn't RuneScape anymore. Um, because they they fundamentally changed how the game worked. So up until that point, the game was always point to click with your mouse, Um, even like doing skill, like your prayers and your magic casting and all that sort of thing was all like clicking with the mouse. Right. The keyboard had very little to do in RuneScape. Um, EOC changed it to be more of a, a standard kind of MMO experience where you've got like skills on like one, two, three, four, five, all that sort of shit. Right. Um, and it was at a time when, as well, like games like World of Warcraft were really popular um, and all that sort of things. And a lot of players just kind of went along the lines of, well, if I wanted a game like that, I'd just go play WoW. Yeah, I, I see that. I kind of, um, I can so get on whole, board with that train the, of thought. Yeah, as a whole, the community at the time kind of went no. And a lot of people quit the game. Right. Um, like a lot of people quit playing and went and played other things. So then uh, Jagex, uh, quite a few years ago now, but um, they kind of, they, they found, in air quotes, um, a lot of the old game files on like a server somewhere in, in head office. And somebody had the bright idea of going, hey, why don't we just release old school RuneScape, right? You can play RuneScape as it was in 2007. So they did that. Um, and it kind of developed into its own game where it, it now gets its own content that never existed in any game previous and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. So it's, it's kind of evolved into its own version of itself. That's fair enough. And they didn't change the mechanics. It's still got the point and click mechanics. So nobody quit. Maybe, maybe <laughs> one day when I actually have some time, <laughs> I may try it out. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Is it one of these that kind of forces you to be social? God no, I I don't play with anyone. Oh, then yeah, then I, that's I do the I do it all solo. I do I do I do ninety nine percent of it solo. Because um, I I did go through a phase when I was trying out different MMO. There's RPGs. even nothing. Like there's no- a mode in the game for solo players called Iron Man where you literally on you cannot it's coded into the game you cannot get help from other players you have to do everything yourself yeah I kind of like that yeah yeah I, you I can't do. you can't even buy stuff from the auction house you have to literally create everything yourself so you have to get your skills up so that you can unlock the content so you can create your potions and all that so you can't just go buy them yeah I'd, I'd be definitely inclined to try that <laughs> I really fucking annoys me when you you get a game and all of a sudden it's like ah oh, try online play and we're gonna put you in a lobby with people. It's like 
Fucker, if I wanted to interact with people, I would not spend 90% of my time at home. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I cannot stand it. <laughs> and I, I did go through a phase when I was trying out different sort of MMORPGs. Um, not like none of the major ones. These were all, oh, free mm. to play. And, you know, they were pay to win, essentially. Yeah, a, lo- um, a lot of the free free to play, in air quotes, are pay to win. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can play absolutely for free, but if you pay, you're going to win. Yeah, which, to be fair, I didn't mind. But then mm. it got to a thing where just people would approach me and kind of go, hey, do you want to join my party? Hey, do you want to fuck off? So like, just go away. Yeah. Like RuneScape does not have really have that. Like you will have people that are out there playing in groups and stuff like that. But when you're playing an Iron Man, which is the, the mode I was talking about, where it's, it's all solo dolo, you cannot play with other people. Um, you actually get a, a little icon in chat as well. So even if you type in chat, it comes up with that icon and then people can see that you're an Iron Man. Um, there's also another mode of, of Iron Man called hardcore Iron Man, where you will say like, if you die once you lose your hardcore status. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty cool. So it means you've got to like play the whole game without dying as well to keep that status, which is really, really hard to do, obviously. See, you are selling me. You are selling me on it, to be <laughs> it, fair. It's really fun, man. I, I play it a lot. Um, I, I do spend a lot of time playing it. And there's like, there's even stuff in it that takes like real world time to complete, like farming. So farming is one of the skills that you can do when you're a member. Right. Um, I'm leveling my farming up at the moment by doing uh, what's called tree runs. So I plant trees in different spots around the, the world. Um, and the trees that I'm planting take eight real hours to grow. So okay. I, I plant them and I cannot physically do anything with them for eight hours. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. I mean, that doesn't impress me as much to be fair. Well, it just means that, like, you, you, so, I mean, okay, the trees take a long time, but there's, like, the farming actually takes time. You can't just plant it and click it. Like, it's not just, like, spam clicking to level up and stuff, which is, is the point I was getting at. See, I mean, that that's kind of like a mutual friend trying to sell me on Stardew Valley. It's like, man. Eh, I hate Stardew Valley. Why do I want to fucking farm? I hate Stardew Valley. <laughs> Dude, I, I honestly hate that game so much. Never played it, never will. That's basically my stance. Nothing personally against it. It's so boring. It's a social game. You have to be social with NPCs. You don't even mean social with real people. The whole game is about socializing with NPCs in a town next to a farm you inherited from your dead grandfather or something. Yeah, that just seems tedious to me. I hated it. Like, I used to play it because one of my exes was really into it. Um, so they, they were always like, oh yeah, let's play Stardew. And I was like, I don't fancy an argument. So sure, let's play Stardew. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I, I hate that game. It's, it's a terrible game. And <laughs> I'm going on record. You I'm going heard on record. it here, folks. It's it a is terrible a terrible, fucking terrible game. game. Um, but speaking of games that are not terrible. Nice. I like the segue. Uh-huh. Tales from song. the Loop have put out a new adventure book. I need to play that fucking game. Yes. So Tales from the Loop have put out an adventure book called They Grow Up So Fast. And the tagline, which I fucking love, is return to the 80s as they never were. Oh, yeah, that's that's Tales from the Loop. That's Tales from the Loop tagline. Um, so the expansion includes a four-part campaign taking place in the UK loop of Norfolk Broads. So not too far from new. us. That's yeah. new. Um, extensive information on the Norfolk 
Norfolk Broad's loop and the area surrounding it, tips on how to set the campaign in the Swedish and US loops, new art and maps handout. Oh, I mean, because... And the artwork is, as always, phenomenal. Because in the core book for, for Tales from the Loop, they give you the option of running games in either the US loop mm-hmm. or, or the, the Swedish. Swedish loop. Yep. And even in the adventures, it's like, okay, so this is the town you're in, and it'll give you in brackets the um like the, the other like an American town yeah. name. And everything is is kind of like written simultaneously. Yeah. And I and I think it's it's such it seems like such a charming system. Um you essentially play as kids, you know, so you, yes. can, you can kind of think like Stranger Things. Yeah. Where you play as kids. One of the tenets of the game is that the kids cannot die. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the game will make those kids. They can get injured. They can get told off. They can get um, grounded. They can get imprisoned. They cannot die. Mm. Then there is a another version not say version but a spin-off of tales from the loop called i think it's things from the flood yeah where that is a bit grittier that is a bit okay you're not kids anymore you can die so sort of <laughs> but it does sound really interesting and obviously mm. there's the whole tv show that came with it well this one here so the four adventures in this um they grow up so fast adventure book can be played independently, but together they form a campaign spanning the seasons of a year. Yeah. I really like that. So it's four separate adventures, but if you put them all together, it's one real year. And like it's, it's free league, so yeah. you know it's going to be it's good. It's good, exactly. Which is why I prefaced it with it from to a game that's very good. <laughs> yeah, um, that is on our list. It's been on oh, the list absolutely. for some reason. But I've got Tales from the Loop. Yes, we just haven't played it. I've got, like, so many books from Tales from the Loop. I've, in fact, I've got a lot of the Free League stuff. Mm. But obviously, Tales from the Loop is the, the one that I want to play the most. Um, that was a humble bundle that I bought two years ago, year and a mm. half ago, something like that. And yeah, I definitely want to play Tales from the Loop. So that's going to be a Friday thing at some point. <laughs> and it leads me very, very nicely onto something that I, I read the title of, and I cannot tell you how excited I got. I saw this title and I kind of figured that you'd have a similar reaction to I did. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, we were kids at a similar sort of age, and this, this was a huge show when we were kids. DuckTales. Yeah. Have you seen the remake? It's actually quite good. I haven't. I haven't. Disney um, get, get I your, have I have all of the original episodes on Blu-ray. <laughs> get your kids to watch it. It's quite good. <laughs> I shall. I, I plan to. But a DuckTales inspired RPG is being created. I I mean, that just fills me with so much joy. Um and the way it is marketed um, as a DuckTales meets Dark Souls game. <laughs> and it's uh, called Duckborg. Yeah. We, again, one of, the, one, of these, 
board <laughs> games. One of these board games we have to play as well. I want to play th- this one. We're playing this one. I've decided we are playing <laughs> this one. Um, so it's basically they're, they're, they're bringing it back to Kickstarter because I want to expand the book. Right. Um, so it, it, it re- this module released in 2021. I don't know how this went under our radar because this is the kind of thing that we should know about. But they're expanding the book. Well, so to be fair, we weren't doing Kickstarter. a podcast back in 2021. This is, so. but still, this should have been something we've seen. Um, so apparently they've been getting requests to bring it to print for over two years now. So it's nev- it's not been like a printed version. It's just something that you could get online. Um, and they're now bringing out like an expanded book with an actual physical copy of the book. So it's currently running. It's running through till the pretty much the end of the month. September 26th is when it ends. Uh, they had a goal of £2,421. Uh, it's currently sitting at 9744 <laughs> Not bad, not bad. So I think they, you know, they, they narrowly achieved their goal there. Um, you know, it's, it was risky. It was risky for a second. But the artwork is phenomenal. Um, because they've taken, like, that DuckTales vibe from the TV show. But given it that like Dark Souls paintbrush, if that makes sense, yeah, <laughs> and it just looks awesome. <laughs> so I've I've kind of gone on to the um, the original sort of um, report that Dice Dicebreaker did back in twenty twenty one. Yep. Um, I mean, just the quack against the coming apocalypse in Morkborg meets Ducktales. <laughs> Um, it looks phenomenal. Um, there is a character sheet here, Mm. which looks outstanding. Yeah. Ridiculous and horrific in its portrayal of a beloved cartoon. This title could offer a spot of levity to groups grinding through the core Morkborg experience or help onboard potential players who aren't quite sold on its gorgeous, but admittedly brutal art direction and feeling. So it was initially released as three separate supplements, each introducing more material and gradually building the world. The full game will be available through Gemroom's itch.io page for $12. Let's have a look if it's still available. It's still there. Well, and that's the thing. The original was a 65-page, um, like, stapled-together, like, zine-style booklet. Right, it was an A5 staple bound zine, mm. sixty six pages. So now everyone's kind of gone. No, no, we need a full thing. This needs to be a thing. We need a full book. Um, they've kind of gone. Okay, so they're doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, um, buying this, um. Buying this, we could actually run it because yes. I do have the Markbot rules because they were they were um, given out for free at one point, but just like a bare bones version with no artwork or anything like that. Mm. They were they were actually given that as a free download, and nice. somewhere in my downloads that exists. Nice. So technically, we could actually just. With the low, low price of getting it off the HIO, we could actually give it a whirl and see what it see what it's like. I also love that all the tears are references to the theme song from DuckTales. You're shitting me. So tier one is race cars. <laughs> <laughs> tier two is lasers. 
then it's airplanes, and then the final tiers, it's a uh, duck blur. <laughs> I'm so happy, man. And like the the tiers are all pretty reasonably priced as well, right? So race cars um, is nine pound, and it's a PDF of um, the the expansions to the game. Right, that's it. That's all you get. Lasers, um, you get the expanded edition PDF, so you get everything for fifteen fifteen pounds. So about thirteen. $15, $15, so about £13. Aeroplanes, you get the uh, expanded edition zine, so you get the actual physical copy and the PDF for £21. And it's a duck blur. <laughs> you obtain the unobtainable. You get an actual coin liberated from Scrooge's Citadel of Gold. Scrooge spelt S-K-R-U-J. Nice. Because that fits with the, you know, the naming conventions of, of the, the game. And licensing. The, and, yeah, and obviously, yeah, licensing. Uh, the blackened currency is imprinted with the sorcery it ripped through on its way to you and comes with Duck Blur exclusive rules for how to use this magical item in Duckburg. That's you amazing. Get, uh, the Ionian Citadel or Morkborg, as a coin holder, your name will be carved into the list of thieves banned from the Citadel and featured in Duckburg. That just so, sounds amazing. It sounds phenomenal. Th- that's £81. So you get a magical coin, you get exclusive rules for using your coin, and you get your name on Scrooge's list of thieves in the book. So your name will be in the book with that one. That's so cool. <laughs> that is really cool. And then obviously you get the, the books. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's, that's a given. We only, right? want, we only want the coin. Yeah, I just want the coin. I'm going to pay £81 for a coin and my name in a book. But yeah, so that that sounds really cool. And I, can't, I want to play it. Like, I, I love DuckTales. I grew up watching uh, two cartoons I grew up watching. DuckTales and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the Turtles growing up. Everyone loved the Turtles growing up. So if you... All right, so if you were to create a tabletop role-playing game, Mm-hmm. Based on a beloved cartoon. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what cartoon would it be? And we can actually oh. start talking system. We can start talking. Okay. I, I, I've been. I, I've. Uh, I've got a couple of ideas. I would love for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because, like, it was my favorite show as a kid. All that kind of thing. However. I, 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 without being like playing as the turtles, I don't know how you would really fit into that world unless you played it from the other side and you all played as like members of the Foot Clan or something like that. That would be interesting. It would be. It's like, how are we going to get our asses kicked today? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, that would kind That's, of, that would be, be the it. issue, right? Um, so like it, that one would be, it would, whilst it would be really cool, I think it would maybe work better as a board game, that kind yeah. of thing, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles board game. Because um, then you could play as the turtles, right? But I was thinking about it, and there is there is one TV show that I used to watch when I was younger that actually had a quest built into it, and it was a quest that the main characters were trying to achieve for the entirety of the show, and they would achieve it every once in a while, and it would be amazing. It was Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and their quest to get fucking jawbreakers. 
Okay. And I think that would be so cool. Cause like you just, it, it kind of goes along the same vibe of like, um, you know, tells from the loop because it's, it's kids, right? So you, you're yeah. playing as these kids and your only concern is getting your hands on some jawbreakers or whatever the, you know, you could make it whatever you want. It doesn't have to be jawbreakers, but it was for that show. Right. But if it was going to be an edit and edit game, then it would, it would have, have to be jawbreakers. To be jawbreakers yeah. yeah. But like, you get to then interact with all of the characters from the show. You get to see, meet Plank. I love Plank. I love me a bit of Plank. He was an <laughs> awesome character. Um, you know, and you, you get to be a part of like those insane things that are happening in the Ed, Ed and Eddie world. And you wouldn't have to play as Ed and Eddie. You could just be another group of kids that like moved onto the block or something like that. Right. And just in that environment. And that would be pretty cool. Um, or Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Yeah, I think the complication with both of those is that it's going to be similar to the problem with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The cartoons are based around... But you're going to have that with any kind of cartoon system, though, because if you're basing it on a cartoon, there's always the main characters that come off best, right? But that's why I think Ed Ed and Eddie would work, because there was so many episodes where they didn't come off best. There were so many episodes in that where they they would just come off exactly as they were when they started. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right. So, give me a bit more. So let's let's talk technical <laughs> now. Let's let's right. Kind of, all right. So, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. All yeah. right. So, what sort of let's rather than um, going specific system, mm. let's talk type of system. Let's talk. Would it be? Mechanics first? Would it be narrative first? Narrative first. Narrative I think, first. I think anything that's going to be cartoon, like based on like some kind of cartoon series, would have to be narrative first. Okay, so you know we could probably kind of lean into like a in the like blades in the dark. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think definitely like or, or do, do you know what system probably work, would work really well for this? Tales from the Loop. Uh, yes, but not what I was going to say. Hmm. Do you not remember a few episodes ago, we had a certain individual on here who has developed his own system already? What, you mean bind? Yeah. You know, that really open source system that you can make fit literally anything? <laughs> I still need to write an adventure for that. Should I do, yes, you should do. I just do an edit? Just do edit and edit. Dude, do it. That'd be, I'd play the shit out of that. Just get Marlin on and just get Marlin in the game. Just kind of go. This is how I bastardized your creation. <laughs> this is this is how we fucked up everything you worked towards. Everything that you did. <laughs> this is how I fucked that it's, up. Has now turned into a twenty-minute Cartoon Network episode. <laughs> I can see that open source license disappearing pretty fucking quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. It's like, nope. You're not allowed to play with my stuff anymore. No. 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 Just us. We will literally be named in the license. This is open source for everybody but these two. (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it partially open sourced or mostly open sourced. (laughs) It's open sourced to 99.9999%. These two dickheads? No. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) them. And that will be part of the license. It will actually say that. Yeah, it'll state it, yeah. Um, But yeah, like I I think that bind could actually work really well for it. It could. Um... So what sort of okay? So because I I really never watched Ed Ed and Eddie. Um, mm. So what sort of um, trials and tribulations would they face oh, in dude, their it, quest it, it for? Was, it was always like there was there was um, you know elements of like having to test their friendships because like 
you know, stuff would happen. And like, I can't remember specifics from episodes, but like just in general, right. There was, you had like the bullies in the area. So those, those are your big bads, right. That you're going to have to deal with at some point. Um, you've got this overarching quest of, we need to get the jawbreakers, right. Cause these are like this magical item in their mind that when they get them, everything is going to be better. Um, and there's just so many like flavorful characters throughout the show. Um, that I just think it would, it would be a really cool like universe to to exist in, even if only for a few hours a week or something, you know. Do you know what would be cool? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't make the main sort of focus the individual characters. Yeah. So you could assign stuff like hit points to your friendship. Yeah. And that would be kind of the 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 backing of the game. So you you got you've got your quest to go get your jawbreakers and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the the object of the game would be to kind of do that with your friendship intact. And the the sort of trials that you come up against will put that to the test. Yeah, I mean like, because the, the the way they do it, right, is the the whole show was set in in a in a suburban cul-de-sac, right? So it's just a some cul-de-sac in some random suburban town in America. Um, I don't even think it ever gets named in in the show. <laughs> um, but basically, every episode would have them at the start of the episode. One of the the ads um, would come up with a concept to try and get money from all of the other kids in the cul-de-sac, right? Yeah. And the aim was then to take that money and buy jawbreakers. And that that was basically how it would every episode would start, is they would come up with this plan and then implement said plan, and it would inevitably go tits up at some point. Um, and that was the whole funny thing for the episode, is how is it going to go wrong today? Um, and I just think it would, it would be that really cool thing of like, you could sit down at the start of a campaign, like each campaign would be its own episode, right? Or each, um, not campaign, each session would be like an episode. So I think it'd be great for one shots as well. Um, where at the start of the episode, the players sit down and they come up with a plan of how they're going to make money. And then they try and implement that plan. <laughs> you know, you are just describing a family friendly version of Blades in the Dark. Yes, I am. That is exactly what I'm doing. So that would be the perfect system for it. It would. Instead you're right. of having a it gang, actually, yeah, it absolutely. You're just these these that, these kids. It would be your friendship. It would be your yeah. friend group. It would be your friend group, and, and instead of like this whole town, it's just the cul-de-sac. It's the cul-de-sac, and instead yeah. of doing planning a score, you basically plan how to. No, they, that's that's literally out. that's literally what they call it. They are they are literally con artists. That they're trying bad. to con their friends out of money. Then they're blades in the dark. That yeah, blade, be- yeah, blades in the dark. Yeah, you're actually you're absolutely right. Yeah, blades in the dark would be the perfect system. It's literally what it was built for. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like. I think that was a fantastic answer. Mm, what about yourself? Ooh. What would be yours? What cartoon would you choose? You see, I had one, but then you mentioning Ed, Ed, and Eddie made me think of Phineas and Ferb. Yes, but, I, do, I I thought of Phineas and Ferb as well, that would but I be, think that would be... That would be a similar yeah. concept, so I'm going to kind of park that. But the one I was thinking of, and this is a cartoon I, I, 
I watched growing up, but as mm-hmm. I've got older, the nostalgia I've got to this cartoon is is unlike anything else. Right. And that is a cartoon, and it was called Jason the Wheeled Warriors. I don't think I ever watched that. Right. First of all, the greatest cartoon intro ever fucking created. Whoa, 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 yep. whoa. No, hands whoa, down. No. Whoa. There is no discussion on this. Like, think of a cartoon intro, think of all the amazing 80s sort of cartoon intros, and then Jace and the Wheeled Warriors was on another fucking level. I'm watching it now while you're talking. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm going to just carry on. <laughs> you, keep, you keep going, yeah. So it was about this group, this group of people who were traveling through space, and they were... You know, there were all different types. There was a magician. There was like a a Han Solo-esque sort of character. And what they would do is they would drive around in these specialized cars. And each car had its own purpose. One could dig, one could, you know, all this, all this crap. And it was, it was fantastic. And they would fight this race of like plant people who could, in turn, transform into cars. And they'd have all these battles across these sprawling vines that that kind of cross space. It was batshit insane, but it was such a cool fucking cartoon. I loved everything about it, and, you know, Justin's going to fucking love that intro. I'm sure he is. So I always th- I thought I was thinking that would make a really cool sort of role playing game because you you've got two parts to it you've got the parts where you're not in the cars and it could be quite sort of um, tactical you could do it sort of like a bit of a dungeon crawler but then you get in the cars and you have these massive battles where that the the system itself could kind of change. So I don't know how long the intro is, Justin. I, I finished it. Yeah, no, no, no. So, I mean, it, it was good. It's a good intro. I don't think it's the best intro. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> so there is. Don't that. Be wrong. It's it's up there. Don't and I, I agree. I think that would be a great thing to like. That whole concept was pretty cool. Uh, I think my favorite part of the intro, though, is the wizard who randomly licks his finger, draws a one in the air, and then magically makes a one actually appear. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and the, the you know they've also got the part of the intro where one person pushes a button on his car, which makes a gun yep. fly off his car onto somebody and land on else. the other car. Yeah, <laughs> fine. We can we can replicate that in the RPG. <laughs> I mean, and, and, like don't me wrong, it was a great intro, but it doesn't go as hard as Biker Mice from Mars. Nah, nah, disagree, man. Disagree. <laughs> now it, you know, Dude, Biker Mice from Mars, Mars intro was, was, was just yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle clone, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> what were the other ones? There was like Street Sharks. Yeah, Street Sharks. That was a good one. Battle I watched Toads. that as well. I never watched Battle Toads. I think for me that was too close. Battle you know Toads. I mean? The only the only knowledge I, or the only sort of memories I've got of Battle Toads is the fucking game. <laughs> I did. I did used to watch. Um, what's that show? Was it Gargoyles? 
Gargoyle, Gargoyles was cool. Gargoyles. I that would probably actually be a really cool RPG as well. Because you have to do everything at night. Because the minute daytime comes, you turn to stone. Yeah, for that, I'd probably lean into sort of like the world of darkness. Yeah. Yeah, that would probably be more fitting for that. And mm. I'm just trying to think of a system for my Jason the Wheels Warriors RPG. <laughs> By the way, if anyone decides to make that, I want fucking credit. Um, <laughs> and he will be buying it. <laughs> 100%. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it would definitely be... It, it would be a lot of fun. I think the the difficulty you would have would be the transition into the vehicle combat. Finding a system with good vehicle combat would be hard, I think. Yeah, I think you'd definitely have to... I think um, you'd have to custom build a system for it. Yeah, it'd have to be more of a narrative, like for the, especially for the vehicle side of thing, it would have yeah. to be narrative-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, rather than, rather than tactical. So that begs yeah. the question, why not make the entire system like that? Or again, it might work really well as a board game. I don't know about board game, but then again, because... I'm not a board game person, so well, fuck board games. So... <laughs> The, the reason I say a board game is because obviously with something like um, the vine, like the plants and stuff that they're fighting on and against, right? The the way that you could replicate that in a board game that might work more for a board game is similar to um, one of the horror games that I want you to play board game wise is um, a board game called Betrayal at the House on the Hill. I've already played that once. Have you? Yeah. Played it with I really like that one. Mutual friends. Yeah, I really like that one because, like, you build the house as you're playing, right? Because you've got, like, the when you go into a new room, you flip over a tile and that gives you the next room. So I think that kind of thing could work for, for something like this where you've got, like, a naturally growing, like, map, if that makes sense. Because you could essentially, as you progress through it, you pull out the next tile and it gives you a different shape. Like, it, this one might veer off into two paths, which path do you take and that sort of thing. I don't know. I'd probably lean on theatre of the mind. Yeah, for, yeah, that could work too. I guess my Jason the Wheel Warriors game. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd wouldn't bother with maps. I wouldn't bother with anything like that. Um, it'd be kind of theatre of the mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think of a system that that would. It would have to be a very fast system. Mm. Um, it would have to be. Something like Delta Green fast in terms of initiative and, and stuff. What about just Delta Green? It would heavily modified though, because obviously yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it'd have to be something like that where it's like you know your initiative. It it's one action. You what are you doing? Right, and cool. you can act yeah. out of initiative, but you lose your initiative. I think that'd be good. Order. So I think that might might kind of work. But yeah, one of um, one of my son's first presents when he was not long after born, um, his godfather, a mutual friend of ours, actually bought him a Jason the Wheels Warrior bib. <laughs> and it was oh, that was that was fucking phenomenal. I don't know. I've just got a really sort of strong connection, like a nostalgic connection to that to that mm. show. Yeah, yeah, more so than like the turtles or anything like that. Ah, see, Turtles for me was always my show. Like, uh, my 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 mother, bless her soul. Um, and now that I am a parent myself, I understand how terrible this must have been for her. She had on a VHS tape because it was it was back in the day. Um, she had recorded every single Ninja Turtles episode, stopping and starting, so there was no adverts. Right, the recording. 
she had recorded every single episode that aired and had them on VHS tape. So I could literally just watch them back to back to back to back. Now that I, now I am a parent and we have obviously things like Netflix where my daughter can watch the same show on repeat back to back to back to back. I know how mind numbing that is. So thank you, mom. I love you. Uh- <laughs> that's, that's fucking dedication. That is, that, right? is, that is parenting. That's parenting yeah. done right. Um, yeah, 100% props to like, your mother. Yeah, that's, that was, yeah, the fact that she did it as well and like, and, and recorded and like paused to, and then re recorded to skip adverts and stuff was insane. And you know, the beauty of it is mm-hmm. a lot of times that the women as kids, we used to kind of um, sit and watch these shows. Mm. Um, a lot of times we'd be sat on a couch. Yep. And I think we should do that again. Good transition. Love it. I, I love thought it. you'd like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I spoke to the man, the myth, the legend himself uh, earlier today, actually, as it goes. Oh, and he told me that he told me that he has sent you several questions. Yes. I have got three. Three. <laughs> yeah. That's what he told me. Yeah. I got three from him and one from someone else. Oh, lovely. I've got yeah. none. I'm not getting any love for questions at the moment. I, I am aware of why. Um, oh, okay. But I can, I can tell you off air. Yeah. No worries. All right, so we'll go with this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with um, a question from trying to find new ways of saying couch is getting ridiculous. <laughs> Who's writing from in a dark, dark street in a dark, dark house. <laughs> That's trapdoor, isn't it? <laughs> Dude, there's so many things to start. Yeah, uh, anyway, um, I think it's trapdoor. I'm, I'm going to have to look that up in a minute. <laughs> um, but. Continuing on from Coffee and Chaos, if you could create an RPG around a menial job in a fantasy slash sci-fi world, what would you do? The idea for me would be a moving kitchen that goes place to place, feeding travellers and adventurers while dealing with overarching story, but only based on the restaurant. Okay. Wait. Sorry, hang on. So say the question again. My brain switched off for a second there when you said a moving restaurant. Because I just had images of like a restaurant, like Hal's Moving Castle, but a restaurant. Uh, <laughs> and my, my brain just flooded with that. So I missed the entirety of the question. So the question in essence, continuing <laughs> yeah. on from Coffee and Chaos, if you could create an RPG around a menial job in a fantasy slash sci-fi world. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um... I think it would be pretty cool to have an entire like storyline based around being the guards of a city. Okay. Think about the fuckery that players get up to when they go into these towns and cities, right? How fed up must the guards be? Yeah, I get it. I, I do get it. And I think it'd be really fun to, to play that out. <laughs> No, that bit. Yeah, I get that. That would be quite fun. So yeah, I think I think that it would be that for me. Being being a town guard, I'd, I'd love to build something around that. <laughs> you're you're like a platoon of town guard. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of you know you got to roll to kind of keep your so, attention. Yeah, and like or or like oh yeah, there's been reports of uh, some fuckery at the tavern. Oh, what is adventurers doing now? <laughs> <laughs> 
in in my homebrew brew game, one of the players he actually plays a character who used to be a town guard. And See? that was his whole shtick of I am fucking sick of adventurers. It's amazing. I love that. Yeah, so I think that would be just amazing. <laughs> no, yeah, that, that would be cool. Um, hmm. I'm thinking. Or, or running the tavern. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I want to step away from that. I'm thinking. Mm. I'm thinking something clerical. <laughs> okay, because. Wait. The, Clerical as in paperwork or clerical as in clerics? No, clerical as, clerical as in paperwork. Clerical as in, as in, you, you're the person who has to deal with the paperwork of whatever the fucking adventurers get up to. And what we would do, we'd have a table of all different things, like all plot hooks, and you'd roll on them, and it'd be like, you need to okay. fill out form C-972-7. So, yeah, your job would be to kind of organise and just kind of go, right, okay, so a dragon attacked the town, it was defended, yay, but. Because I always think about those poor <laughs> bastards that had to clean up after the Battle of the New, New York in, in yeah, the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. Or, or like, yeah, so <laughs> that they could work at like the Adventurers Guild and they just have to do like, they have to assign the quests and stuff as well. So like somebody comes in to report their kids missing and they have to go through this, like all the paperwork to report their kids as mis- like kidnapped by some troll. Oh yeah, they have to put out <laughs> the adverts for the Adventurers yes! and interview them. They have to put them up on the boards! <laughs> and they have to interview these Adventurers. <laughs> Some that, that would actually prick, be so holy, good. Righteous paladin. Uh, yeah, comes in. It's like, well, I think I'd be a great adventurer. And why is that? I I am Lord <laughs> Snoot of, and they'd be like, oh, dude, fuck off. Okay, and you probably have conversations outside of that. <laughs> yeah, going, like what around the water cooler. What yeah. a knobhead. And this is the best thing. You could literally just throw your players' characters from previous games back at them, but like a parodied version. <laughs> No, I like, yeah, definitely, I like that. And what you could do, you could, like, if you're the GM, you could assign points to the adventurers. Mm. So, you know, based on how well they would actually deal with something. (laughs) So the people interviewing them, if they pick wrong, then the problem don't get dealt with. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that. That would actually be so fun. I'd play that. I would absolutely play that. Yeah, that that sounds good. (laughs) All right, so... Um, should we do all of couches or should yeah, we let's some? do it. Yeah, let's go. Let's let's, let's do it. Let's if smash we go long, we go long. We go long. We've got four yeah. fucking questions. All right, let's go. Okay, so next up from Sci-Fi, ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. It's Couch. <laughs> he is now in a dark, dark hall in a dark, dark room. I looked it up. It's from Funny Bones. <laughs> Funny Bones. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. All right. As party dynamics are a major thing in any game system, would mm-hmm. you as a DM ask people to play certain classes so you know your game is balanced no. or change the game to balance it? Or as a player who is in a party that seems to be off balance, would you take steps to dispose of your character and rebuild or adapt to the party and try to balance it out with GM approval, of course? Uh, so in answer to what I try and get a balanced party as a DM. No, I'd let my players play whatever they wanted to play within reason, obviously. Um, as for as a player, I do try and fill gaps. So if I identify that there's a big gap in the party, I will try and fill that gap. 
Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, as as a GM, which is most of my experience, it is play what you want. Don't get me wrong. Mm. If I've got a party and someone comes in and kind of goes, you know, what could they do? What could help? Yeah. I'll kind of go, yeah, they might need a healer or they may need yeah. a cleric. Um, but in if they turn around and kind of go, no, I want to play a rogue. Yeah, go cool, for play it. A rogue. Play a rogue. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm absolutely. not going to um, kind of strong arm you into playing something you don't want to play mm. um, just because I don't think it's fair. I will say one thing, though, that as somebody who does tend to try and plug holes in parties, it does mean that I go through characters a lot. Um, now, I don't mind that because building the character is like 90% of the enjoyment for me. Um, maybe not 90%. That's that's going too far. I'd say maybe 70% of my enjoyment comes from building characters. Um, so I don't mind building multiple characters, but if you don't enjoy the character creation and character building process, then maybe don't try and plug holes in parties. I, w- I will say that. Yeah, I get... Yeah, I kind of get your logic on that. <laughs> um... I think there's always this this sort of focus on it has to be a balanced party. Um, mm. And I think that's a holdover from 3.5. Mm. Yeah, very much so. It, I don't know how present it still is in, in 5e. Um, I, I think with the players, it's still quite there, but mechanically it doesn't need to be. Um. Because it's just not it's not required, but I think there's still that mentality from players. The same same as what you're saying. Like it's just the like it, it's still instilled in everyone's minds that oh, we need a balanced party. But in reality, you, you don't. Yeah, I mean, it in second edition, it isn't. It, again, it isn't necessary. Mm. Um, however, people have to take the appropriate skills and feats yeah. in order to let's say if they need a cleric let's say if they need a healer you know anyone can take medicine anyone can take yeah. battle medicine anyone can take all these feats um so they have but the problem is they have to be taken and a lot of the times there is a reluctance from the rest of the party that kind of go oh we've got a healer i don't need to worry about these things mm. and i've seen that in one of my games where there is one character who isn't necessarily a dedicated healer but they do have the ability so no one else has bothered. No one else has kind of gone, oh, we may need this. They've kind of already taken it for granted that there is a role that has been taken up. Yeah. So whenever that player isn't available, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we can't do this without a healer. So you should have fucking thought about that. I, th- I think as well, like the the reasoning behind not building necessarily a balanced party and just kind of balancing it as a character, right? Is unless you are a like a predefined party, right? You've been traveling together for years and years and years before the start of the campaign. Most campaigns start with none of the characters knowing each other. So how have you been surviving without a healer up until this point? Oh, you've been chugging tons of potions? Well, why did you stop carrying loads of potions? You don't know this person. That is, you, my, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was my argument. Um, a lot of campaigns where I've kind of run and kind of gone, I do not want you to talk to each other regarding your characters. Yeah, 
You know, um, unless your characters specifically know each other previously. But if you are meeting in a tavern, yeah, there is no reason that you would have it. Having a balanced party is metagaming. Yeah. Oh, in, absolutely. In yeah. Um, I get the will. I get the 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 desire to do it. But it is it is a metagaming activity, so you have to kind of have that suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Whereas a lot of times, I'm happy to kind of go, I'm I'm going to be the conduit, so you can ask me for advice, but no talking to other players because of yeah. that. Because if you do not know each other, then you wouldn't be a balanced party out of the box. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so no strong arming. Yeah. So next question from Couch Couch Couch, <laughs> who is behind a pensioner at a post office. <laughs> oh, knowing him, that was probably true. <laughs> if you could have anything to make your tabletop role-playing game life easier, what would it be? Sky's the limit. Full immersion VR. Star Wars style holograms to control what would be your dream. For ta- oh. What would be your dream for tabletop role-playing games? Honestly, I've pretty much got everything that I would want. I think maybe I would want, um, you know, like the, those, those like games tables, right? The ones with like the, that have the, the false top that you can, so you can use it as a normal table, but then that lifts out and you've got the, the like uh, indented felt surface for, for board games and tabletop gaming. I think that's the only thing that I would add to my current setup is that kind of table. Other than that, my setup's amazing and I love it um, because anything I need, I, I can create myself, right? I've got my two 3d printers. I can fire up and print any minis I need. I've got my foam crafting stuff that I can make any terrain pieces I need and my 3D printers that I can create terrain pieces on. Um, I've got my my TV virtual tabletop-y thing, um, you know, that's hooked up to a laptop and all that sort of thing. I, I've got everything I need. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a simple person with simple needs, so... Small systems would be your answer. <laughs> So I I think I would start with an ivory throne. <laughs> then I would want a casino style pit desk mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with professional dice rollers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when when one of them's rolling bad, I can just swap him out. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, just been rolling natural ones all night. Come on, time to swap him out. Yep. And someone else would come along, they'd tap him on the shoulder. So you'd want a casino? You'd want a casino? No, but I don't, I, don't, I don't give a um, shit about gambling or anything like that, or roulette. No, no, just, 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 do you want all the features of a casino? Well, no, not entirely, because I also want an army of rules lawyers who will... What? Yeah, because casinos don't have an army of rules lawyers. Which will argue with the players, so <laughs> I they don't have to, they, they don't address me directly. So, so you want an eye in the sky? Is what you're saying? No, I wanna, I wanna be able to address <laughs> the players. I just don't want them addressing me. So, you know, I can kind of. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, from your ivory throne. Yes. Yeah, so the rogue wants to move into this position and do a sneak attack. I'll allow it, and then <laughs> they they can carry on. And okay, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there's a rules question here. Okay, um, Dave, are you on that? <laughs> 
Okay. Yep. Yep. Thank cool. You. Cool. Um, always lean towards no. Yep. Just yep. Lean towards no. House always wins. House always wins. <laughs> and uh, what what the fuck did you just roll? What you rolling threes? Why are you rolling threes? Right. Can we get this guy swapped out, please? <laughs> yeah. Just swap that, him out. That, that that player. He's rolling too many nat twenties. Can we check his dice? Yeah. Um. Sorry. Can I have a camera check, please? Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there was definitely a table nudge there. Mm-hmm. I think he definitely adv- nudged he, the table. He's advantage playing. Can we uh, can we back him off, please? Yeah, just <laughs> um, okay. So his character is going to get a condition. Could you please mm-hmm. inform them? <laughs> so yeah, so you would you would you would want a casino for your role playing experience? <laughs> well, it wouldn't technically be a casino. It'd just be a similar sort of setup. <laughs> you know, just all the features of. <laughs> You know, in the moment one of the players throws a tantrum, they get the fuck, they get kicked the fuck out. They get out. security. Fine. Security, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he needs. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's had far too much sugar. Yeah, he needs, he needs to go. He's, he's had too many snacks. He's had too uh, many snacks. Um, no, we will not return any anything is lost. The snack, the snack. He has forfeited the snack. He's he's forfeited all snacks. All snacks are forfeited. Yep. He put them on the table. He put them on the table. Put they the now table, belong to the table. Yeah, they belong to the table. That's the rules. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and obviously, <laughs> and obvi- I think this goes without saying before every game, mm. I would want um, a North Korea style Pledge of Allegiance to me. Of course. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that's, I, I, if, I, if you're not doing that before every game, then you guys are playing tabletop role playing games yeah, wrong. You should absolutely wrong. be pledging your allegiance to your DM. Yeah, uh, because I do, I do provide the sun in the sky. Yeah, you you are literally God in that world. Yeah, so uh, they have to come <laughs> and they have to sing a North Korea style song. Yeah, and who doesn't? You know, I'm not going to oh, say they no, get shot. What? But no, they 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 disappear. They disappear. They just all of a sudden it's like we're we're just announcing him for a couple of weeks. Don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> who? This is a new player. <laughs> what happened to Justin? Who? And then you obviously put um, in the new player will obviously be one of your minions dressed yeah. up as a player, yeah, just yeah. to kind of get any sort of ooh, feedback ooh, of any, one, one, one of your minions wearing a moustache and a funny hat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, He's there yeah. to catch any dissent. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just to any- how is this turned into some kind of communist state? Like. <laughs> You haven't played at any of my games for a while, have you? No, you it's true. Tell. I haven't. <laughs> oh, but I've got I've got Dick Richards. <laughs> you have Dick Richards, see? Yeah, see. <laughs> All right, so gonna, yeah, he's going to win this. See, so I hope that has answered Couch's question. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. We did get a little bit sidetracked there. <laughs> okay, so the last question is from Corvus Corax, who is exploring the nine hells of Avernus. Mm. Um, with regards to your magic heist episode. The discussion of class changes. My question is, what class in any system do you feel is underwhelming? And Monk. if you could have it officially changed, <laughs> what changes would you make that class uh, make to that class or classes? Uh, so, from a five E perspective, monk monk is horrifically underwhelming, um, and the easiest way to fix them would be to just give them more key points early on. Um, all of the features that make a monk a monk cost key points and you don't get enough of them. Um, 
the the ability to flurry of blows once in a combat is ridiculous. That's like the whole point of a monk is you can punch a lot, uh, but you can only do it once and then you get really tired. It just seems stupid. Um, so I, I would say if you give a monk more key points, that would fix the problem. Um, and yeah, monk. See, I'm struggling because... Because um, Pathfinder is so unbalanced that you don't know which one to choose. <laughs> something along those lines. Um, I mean, it, does, it doesn't help the fact that I don't play that often. So my experience with the classes is, is very, very limited. Okay, well, an, a, a very easy way to tell whether a class is, is underwhelming are there any classes that you very, very rarely see as a as a DM? Not really. Oh, not really. In because I haven't seen all the classes, and that is because I I play with a lot of the same people playing the same characters. But mm. when I was doing the online PFS stuff where we were getting people from all around the world, I, you know, people would come in. Oh, I'm an investigator. Yeah. I'm a thaumaturge. I'm a, um, a psychic. And a lot of times it'd be like, okay, you're going to have to fucking help me out here because I have not. <laughs> I've never seen one of class. these before. I do not, you know, I'm going to have yeah. to le- lean on you to try and kind of go, so how the fuck does that work? Um, but yeah, I didn't, I, don't see anything very underwhelming mm. in second edition. In first edition, there was a lot. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of hit and miss. Yeah. We mentioned it in last episode. Um, was it last episode where we were talking about the Animist for the new Pathfinder class? Yes. Well, in first edition, they tried to do something similar and it was the medium. Yes, I remember, yeah, I remember you saying that. About that kind yeah. of channeled a lot of um, different sort of spirits, and, and that was a really underwhelming class because you ended up being jack of all trades, master, master of fuck of all. Yeah. And so that was underwhelming, and, and that was quite a, quite a vocal majority as well. Mm. So, yeah, um, the medium from Pathfinder 1st Edition, the original shifter from Pathfinder 1st Edition, Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times in in first, they would bring out a class, and then they would bring an out an archetype for that class, and it's oh, this is what it should have been like. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there were a few things. Um, unfortunately, how to improve them? I mean, the mediums already getting improved in the in the form of the animus for second edition. Um, the shifter was already improved with the archetype, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. I have drawn a blank, um, but yeah, that they brought out the archetype, which fixed a lot of the issues. So a lot of the things were were kind of corrected, mm. but yeah, far be it from me to say to say how to do it. Yeah, I would need to play more games than that. That's fair. But I think that is all we've got time for. Tonight. I think so. 
Um, I want to thank uh, Corvus and Couch for sending in some fantastic questions. Mm. I want to thank you for spending some time with me Aww. this evening. Um, do you, would you like to tell people whereabouts on the interwebs they can find you? Yes. So you can find me pretty much uh, everywhere at Just An Accurate TV. Um, I will also be streaming later this evening or now when this episode is live. Um so yeah, feel free to stop by my Twitch, which is also just an accurate TV, um, where I'm going to be playing video games and talking about games and stuff. Wonderful. As for me, you can find me at Natural Juan on most of the um, social medias. Um, you can. We now. I now have opened the fucking TikTok, and I hate myself for it. But that is down as that is actually too legit to crit. It's, it's a business decision. It's fine. I fucking hate myself. I um, hate you too. So but you okay. can find me on, on <laughs> Mastodon, uh, dice.camp at um, Natural Juan. And last but not least, thank you to everyone that's taken time out of their busy day to listen to us. Mm. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends. Let's get the word out. Let's try and grow this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let us reach more people. But that's all from us. So thank you very much and we'll see you next week. See you later, guys. Bye.